This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And here we are, everybody, with my guest, Lisa McEwen. This is Coming Home with John Allen. You may be listening to this on the radio. You may be listening to it on a podcast platform, or you may be watching it on YouTube. But no matter where you are, here we are. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you all for coming. Thank you, Lisa, for coming. How are you doing? I'm great, John. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I just love it. Well, I just love having you on the show. This is your second appearance. And as I've been telling you all along, I am such an admirer of the work that you do, both as a songwriter. Let me just list up what you do. Uh, You are an established Nashville songwriter. You are an established solo artist. You're a podcaster with your podcast called The Successful Songwriter Within. And you are the creator of a course, which is called, well, it's a multifaceted course, but the main thing that you're promoting now is called the five day heart centered songwriting challenge. You have a handful of things that you're juggling, that you're juggling at the moment. How's it going with all of that? That's a lot to do. It is a lot to do. I, I guess I like to do, that's just the way I've always been. I like a lot on the go and that's what I do, but yeah, it's going great. You know, I mean, I really like to make some time for songwriting um and you know sprinkle in you know the songs that really hit me in the gut i like to now release as a single um yes i did oh my goodness i guess i released three in the past year and i'm gonna do another one at christmas and stuff another one coming up for christmas okay yeah yeah Yeah. i love i love christmas music so much and every christmas that comes around i'm like you know i really need to do a christmas something you know i'd love to do a christmas album but i like this thing that musicians are doing it's very popular here in norway that artists will release a christmas song or two sometimes as much as a whole ep or lp yeah and it's become uh i guess i never really thought about it before but since i've been here in norway and because it's so popular i always look forward to that christmas season who's coming with what you know Exactly, because some you can always remix a classic, right? Yeah, or you can write yeah. your own. Yeah. And it always sneaks up on me. But this year in <laughs> July, I was like, I am doing this. There you I am go. not going to put it off. I'm going to make sure it gets done by the end of the summer so that I'm ready to rock. So, yeah. There you so, go. So, yeah, I'll be doing that. And then absolutely doing, um, it's my music and mindfulness business. So where I'm helping songwriters, basically, you know, let's say 10 years ago or so, I wish I had the sort of resources that I'm helping and hoping to provide for other performer and songwriters with the mindfulness techniques. And honestly, it can play into, uh, even if you're not a songwriter, because all of these different techniques, they're, yeah, they're kind of, they're life, they're like life skills. And well, life sure, exactly. Busier. Yeah. You know, as a musician, of course, I'm attracted to the type of work you do, but just as a human being, there's so much to gain from that line of thinking. If you were to talk to someone who's not a musician, but you want to see if they're interested in your work. How would you present yourself and what you do to that non-musician? Yeah. I mean, let's just think about it. Our days are so busy and we're so overwhelmed. And to say that I'm removed from that is completely wrong. I, I am the one as you just, you're doing it. Yeah. You're juggling a lot. Yeah. I am overwhelmed. I am busy. You know, the screens constantly, I have three kids. I've, you know, a lot on the go and what we all do. There's really nobody that doesn't. And so using different mindfulness techniques, it just helps you deal with, go through smoother the anxiety, um, 
the rejection. And, you know, yes, musicians have that exceptional amount of rejection maybe that yeah, we go through, yeah. but everyone does deal with it in one way or another. And um, it just sort of helps you cope. I don't know what else else how else to say that we're all going to deal with it and you can't get around it. Well, well br break it down. What is mindfulness and what are mindfulness techniques? Okay. So there is an actual definition. I should pull it up for mindfulness, but to me, it really is that connecting with your yourself on the inside and being present, which is a huge challenge. Isn't that, is, isn't that a, a, another way of saying it is not just living life, but being in touch with life and your life specifically being in touch with it being the puppet master, if you will, of your own existence. Yes. And so mindfulness, and it kind of encapsulates quite a few different things. Yeah. But the techniques that I have, if I were to, you know, write them all out, I realized I was doing all of these things. And then it dawned on me like, oh, okay, there's a name for this. This these yeah. are mindfulness techniques. Yeah. So things like meditation, visualization, affirmations, which are so huge and so simple and extremely powerful. Um, what else? Breathing techniques. Yes. Again, yeah, yeah. These are very simple things that we So it's not just with. a mental thing. It's a physical thing. That, that physical act of being aware of your breathing connects, uh, well, it, it connects the physical with the mental. Exactly. And we, we so quickly lose touch of our physical yeah. and our mental that we are all, it's all one, you know, they all work together. Now, am I am I correct in saying that you are on a bit of a fitness kick these days? Yes, yes, yes. We were kind of talking about yeah, that bit, and I've seen a little bit on your Instagram. So yeah. how, let's let's get into this a little more. Again, this this applies for musicians primarily, but it also applies for uh, you know for your everyday uh, man and woman in the streets. You don't necessarily have to be a musician. And, and again, this is what I think is so attractive about what you do because it can apply to everyone regardless. Mm -hmm. So, so can you talk about the connection between the physical and the mental or emotional and this whole thing with visualization? You mentioned visualization. Mm -hmm. How do you apply this? Okay. So first I really do want to dive into a little bit of this fitness thing because for a very long time, I was so like, I don't need to work out. Who cares? No big deal. Like who has time for that? Or even right. who wants to, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So why would I do yeah. it? It's easy to not work out. <laughs> yes. And it's someone, okay. So we'll definitely get to the visualization because that's been a really important part of all that. Yeah. But I want to say that for a very long time, especially during COVID and the isolation period and stuff. And I think it almost became the sort of joke thing online of like, drink some wine and get through it and, and eat all you want sort of thing. And, and you know what? We, we were all trying to cope. And I, even with all the techniques, like I slipped by the wayside myself. I was eating. I was not just eating because it was, oh, let's just sit around and eat. It was like a coping mechanism, truly. Um, like I thought it, it just, it'll make me feel good. I'm just going to polish off this bag of chips. It'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, or I'll have that glass of wine and it'll take the edge off, yeah, but then yeah. it, be, it becomes these habits. And so it's that, it's like we were, I was losing the connection of my, the mind and the body and kind of convincing myself it feels good, yeah. but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be groggy and not right. But not with your energy. Yeah. 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 And so Okay, go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, go ahead. I'm listening. I, I'm loving this. Go ahead. Yeah. And so it took me a long time, 
But I think I hopefully finally, you know, started figuring out when I treat my body and I, I do actually push it that little bit to work out, it can actually feel good. And I'm not saying I don't eat chips anymore. Sure, so sure. It's still, you struggle with that little, your mind is telling you it's good and it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. But once you realize that, you know, doing these physical activities actually do feel good and then they really are helpful for your, your mental stability as well. Um, it all kind of comes together and the visualization that is key because in, you know, I've been getting up really early to work out. So if you don't go into it mentally, even prepping it beforehand, you're not going to like, I love <laughs> yeah. hitting snooze. Yeah. yeah. So you got it. You got it at nighttime. I'll visualize. Um, I'm going to feel good in the morning visualize myself, get my workout stuff on and not just uh, 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 going down to my basement to do it, but feeling good. I visualize myself feeling good. So it's like I'm getting there before I'm there. Well, there really is something to that. Uh, I implement that in my uh, career as a power lifter. Yeah. Um, I can, I can think back to um, two years ago, I got the Norwegian record, all time record for squat. And for six, eight months before that, I had this mental mantra of visualization, picturing myself walking onto the platform, grabbing the bar, getting under it, lifting it off, deep breath, squat, stand up, put the bar back. And that just went over and over in my mind so that when the time actually came to perform the lift, you know, after six, eight months of visual visualization, it's like it was already done. Exactly. And, and of course, there was the physical preparation, but that right there, I think, is a good example of how the physical and the mental can be put together. And if you get them to jive, if you get them in that symbiosis, it makes your task, it makes your goals e easier to achieve. It makes your tasks a little bit lighter. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to, you, they, you don't have to physically work hard. Yes. Or yeah. physically, not even work hard, but physically do it. You still got to physically show up. You still have to up. do it. You still have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing how powerful our mind is. It makes it, it just makes it easier. It makes it more enjoyable. So then you're just more willing to do it and then you'll do it more. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering, just curious to ask you, Yeah. Um, was it in front of a lot of people? Like were did you have to deal with nerves? Cause I often, so I can visualize, but then you still have to sort of your, your mind and your body's on that subconscious level. Okay. You've done it in your mind a million times. You still have to breathe through it though, because sometimes those nerves set in. Yeah. So I'm just curious. No, there's, there was a good size crowd there on that day. I don't know how many people, but a, a lot, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I'm so, I'm so good at, if I can brag a little bit, uh, well, it's not bragging if it's true. I'm no, very, no. I'm very yeah. good at, at focusing, uh, both during regular training sessions for powerlifting, but also the day of, you know, on the platform on competition yeah. day. Uh, it doesn't matter to me how many people are in the crowd. You know, I, I may have a coach who is with me that day and I'm listening to them. Um, but then when I start that approach, that physical walk towards the platform, it's just me and the weight that has to be lifted. And I'm, it's, it's, it is a very productive form of tunnel vision. A lot of people use tunnel vision in a negative context, but in a situation like that, that kind of tunnel vision, that kind of focus is, is, uh, I mean, it optimizes 
my physical output. So yeah. it's not from, for me that, that, that feeling of having to perform is very inward. I'm not performing for that crowd out there. I don't care yeah. who they are. I don't even see them. I don't hear them. Everything is internalized. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so then you totally understand how yes. powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. So, 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 so I can see how this would be uh, applicable to to an athlete like myself. I can see how it'd be applicable to the average citizen out in the streets. But how does that process work for the musician or songwriter? Yeah. So the thing is, I realize, you know, so much of us as musicians deal with these uh, sorts of things. So for example, you know, I really enjoy writing by myself. And so meditation helps me get out of my head as far as like, oh, this better be good. Or there's no sense in writing that line. It's no good. Helps you tap inward with that sort of thing. And it pushes all of that out of the way. In the co-writing situation, which I know a lot of people can get in a co-write where they get in a good rhythm of the same people and they feel good, but there's always that starting point and maybe they're sure. nervous to write with somebody. Sure, there's, there's, that, with- there's that getting to know them process. You don't yeah. know them until you know them. And when exactly. you don't know them, there's certain things that have to be dealt with. Yeah, and I think people, if they if they can go into that with like no problem, good for them. But I personally, you know, that vulnerability and you and you want to show up and you want to yeah. present yourself in the best light. You want to have the best music ideas and stuff like that. So, you know, all of these different techniques I teach helps writers with that. And what about performing? That's a huge thing. And I still, I'm obviously the more I do it, the more comfortable I am. Sure, but sure. Everybody seems to struggle or even a little bit with the performing Um just depending what the, the situation is in ton, in front of tons of people. Yeah. And you know what? Even people are doing, you know, online a lot more these days. Yeah. And even that's nerve wracking. Sure. Actually, it can be more nerve wracking than being yeah. live. If you get in your head and you, you start thinking, this is the internet. There could be potentially millions watching now. Exactly. See? And who knows? This could go viral. And then what? Yeah. Ah, yeah. so many people. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's different techniques of getting yourself calmed down and so that you can focus like, just like you're saying, so that you are connecting with yourself and then you're connecting with your audience to the best of your abilities. Um, and then also different things about um, connecting with people in the industry. Again, this is still things that I work through, but reaching out to people and, and those are people skills. Sure, and sure. yeah, and the best way to be able to do that is to be yourself, connect with yourself so that you can connect with other people. So these are all the sorts of things that I, um, that I love teaching and that I'm sort of trying to help put out there and bring to the world. What is it that set you on the path towards teaching? Because for quite some time you were the, um, you were the practitioner, you know, you were out there, you were writing your songs, uh, uh, you were writing songs with others and alone, you were performing. What is it that pushed you into this avenue of teaching? It's interesting. You know, oh, there's that saying, I think Eckhart Tolle says, what you resist persists. Ah. And forever, I was always like, I'll never be a teacher. I'll never teach music. You know, that sort of mentality of like, I'm not a true artist if I'm a music teacher. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So for many years, I just thought, there's no way I'll do that. Well, sure enough. Sure enough. Uh, sure enough. I actually started teaching guitar lessons and voice lessons. And, uh, you know, because people say, wow, you're really good at that. How do you do that? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let me, all right, well, I'll teach you. No problem. Yeah. It, which one is easier, teaching guitar or teaching voice? Easier. Hmm. Actually, guitar, I suppose, because it's physically on the outside, whereas your voice 
it's something that is, that's your instrument and it's within you. I tell people all the time, I feel that voice is the most complex instrument. Yeah. So for you to be in a position where you can actually teach that, I mean, hats off to you. A lot of people do. And by, and by the way, you have a beautiful voice. I love the way you sound. And for those of you listening to this on the radio, you're going to hear some of Lisa's music during the course of this, this program here, but, but, uh, you have a beautiful voice and my respect for you just grows. No, cause I didn't know you taught voice. I think you had mentioned before that you taught guitar at one point, but I didn't know you yeah. were a vocal coach as well. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I just teach it to uh, people in my area and yeah. then a little bit online. And then I realized how much I love that, um, you know, personal development stuff. And I was like, for so long, I kept thinking, how do I pair this together? Music and this, and then it just kind of came together one day. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to put this, I don't know if there's people out there, other songwriters, performers like me, I'm going to put it out there. Um, so yeah, it, it seems to be, it seems to be pretty powerful. So I'm going with it. Well, you're doing a good job and I see how, uh, I see how you're reaching people online. Um, let, let me ask you this over the last 18 months, because of, uh, quarantining and isolation and stuff, there's been, uh, a benefit of that, I guess, is that people who are working with their business online, it has actually opened up a few doors. It's made that road easier to navigate because there's more people at home. There's more people using the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't this a golden time for what you're doing with music and mindfulness? Exactly. I think before all of that, I would have thought, oh man, who, who's local that would really be into this now. And now Now, worldwide, they can be worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And same for me with learning. It's like, I can learn from anybody. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Lisa's sitting in Canada. I'm sitting here in my studio in Norway, uh, a shining example of what you can do with the internet. Um, I see online uh, in some of the um, singer songwriter groups, there's people from, you know, from, from the East, from the West, from third world countries, from, you know, it's such a broad expanse of humanity that is responding to music and that are responding to your work that you're doing with music and mindfulness. Um, do you have any, rosy, cozy success stories of an interaction that you've had with a student or with a, uh, a person who has bought your course that has kind of been an eye opener for you that really showed you that you're doing the right thing? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a yeah, decent, I'm a hey, decent, I'm a decent podcast host. Every once in a while I come up with a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you're good at this. Um, I do. There's a couple of people. So I'm officially kind of launching my course uh, in the coming weeks here, but I, I have. Tell us the name of it. There are too few people. And I've had a couple of people, students say, man, like, okay, for example, there's one person who is um, finishing their album and said that the course really helped them, first of all, finish all their lyrics. They were very, very lyric driven and, and ah. finished them to the point where they were really satisfied with them. And this particular person also said they are usually a member of a band and never really envisioned themselves or just didn't think they had the ability to be the front runner, the performer. And he said, because of this course, he was starting to go, oh, I, I think I can do this. Maybe I can wow. put my songs up there and be the front runner. And just hearing things like that or, or just, oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many people have 
got in touch with me and said, I used the little meditation. And then later that day, this idea just totally flowed to me. So great. I mean, that's the coolest. I mean, it's not like I invented meditation, but being able to connect the dots to help somebody. Well, and having a, having a course, having a curriculum, if you will, that then motivates people to use this, this time proven method called meditation. Yeah. You're, you're, you're actually pointing people in that direction and they're reaping the benefits of that once they start doing it. And there yeah. is the beauty of your course. You're helping people, not just musicians, but people in general or musicians, not just with their music, but with their lives. You're helping, you're showing them how to open themselves up and be the true individual that they're supposed to be because a lot of people suppress their true identity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else I find is a big um, sort of a problem people run into? It's like they want to meditate or they want to use these techniques, but there's a little bit of that accountability ah. or that little bit of, I want to, but where do I start? Yeah. You know, you can Google and whoo, you know, a million different meditations come up. Which one's right for me and how long do I do it for? And, yeah. and so I'm hoping with my course, it will give people that guidance that they're looking for. And also the... The accountability and all the community. I think that's maybe the word I'm looking for. The community that, hey, you got a question. I have a private Facebook group. Yeah. Ask away or ask me. You know, I'm there. I'm hopefully there for them every step of the way. So I want to make sure that this gets out there so that people know what your course is called uh, and where to find it and specifically what they can gain. So if you had five minutes to pitch your course, what would you say? In other words, pitch your course now. <laughs> tell us what All it's, right, let's tell, it. tell us what it's called, where do we find it, and what is it? What is the content? So it's called the five day heart-centered songwriting challenge. And this is for the songwriter, the artist, the musician who wants to get out of their head and into their heart. If they're struggling with anxiety or they want to put music out but they're afraid or they don't know where to start or they're um afraid of performing or they've got, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Imposter syndrome or self-doubt or battling with that inner critic. Um, all of those things, this is the place to start and find your solution. So in my heart-centered songwriting challenge, not only am I going to show you how to write a song, there's going to be a lot of people there who know how to write a song and that's great yeah. too. Yeah but I'm going to show you how to use these techniques in order to make that the absolute best that you can. And also, you know, when it comes time to performing, I'm going to show you those techniques so that you can just be your best self when it comes down to all of those things that are really nagging at you. And I know exactly what you're saying when you say we often suppress who we want to be. And for many, yeah. for quite a lot, I went through a lull for sure where I suppressed it. I just thought I don't, it was fear. And honestly, when I spoke it out loud, I couldn't even believe it. I was telling a yeah. friend of mine and I actually had to say it out loud. And she, I said it, it came out and she, we both thought that's the most ridiculous fear I've ever heard. Yeah. Just the inner things that were going on in my head. And once you can get and go past it, you're, the whole world opens up to you. Cause you really, you start to align with who you truly know you've been that the whole time. And then you'll find a lot of hidden strength in that when you find out who you really are and what you're really supposed to be doing, uh, now you're following your heart and your heart is going to show you a lot of strength that you didn't have. Um, yeah. Now, okay, so so that's the name of your course, um, Five Day Heart-Centered Songwriting Challenge. 
Uh, you've told us briefly what it, what's in it. Uh, how do people find it? Okay. So it's running October 26th to the 30th. I'm doing it live online and it's free and you can sign up and there's replays because I know everyone's busy to find it and register and find everything about me. You can go to www.musicandmindfulness.co. Dot C-O. C-O. Musicandmindfulness.co. And that's where you can find everything. Um, Come on and register and get some more information. And yeah, that's where you can find me. I have a lot more questions for you. I'm going to ask them. But first, I want to say this to anyone who's watching or listening. You don't have to be a musician or a songwriter to take part in this. I highly recommend that it, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, uh, uh, that, that, that you jump into this because Lisa's work, what Lisa's putting out there can be applied to your life. I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. I don't even have to know who you are. This can be applied to your life. It can help you realize a few things about yourself. It can put you in a position to where you're you're a little more aware of yourself, which will then make you a little bit more stable, a little stronger to help yourself and those around you. I just want to put, am am I I right, Lisa? Is it okay that I say that? This is for, this is something that is of course for musicians primarily, but you can also step into this. If you're not a musician. Absolutely. There are so many benefits and it really does sort of seep out into your life and your everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And again, that is the thing that has always attracted me to what you're doing. I think I saw that right away that this is something that anybody can use, of course, musicians, but also non-musicians. One thing I want to ask you about uh, imposter syndrome that's a word or a phrase that that's floating around out there, but not everybody knows what that is. Tell me yeah. what imposter syndrome is and how does that apply to musicians and how does it apply to the everyday man and woman in the street? So imposter syndrome is, and I hope I'm getting this right, but I believe it's when you just basically don't believe that you, you have or have earned the, let's say the title Huh. that you've given yourself um like radio show host <laughs> uh, no yeah well okay yeah for example but imposter syndrome would be like that's your title but you just don't believe you are yeah. nearly good enough or you don't have the qualifications and yeah. who am i to be? it's very yeah. much who am i yeah. who am i to be speaking on the radio who am i it's this confidence thing this internal conflict of maybe someone as a kid was telling you all along you're you're no good you would never make it a day in radio right and so even though you've climbed so hard and worked so hard and here you are with that job and that title there's this little voice in your head that's saying really who am i to be on the radio and so many people struggle with that um in many different facets and jobs and stuff sure yeah that deserving that you know a lot of children too a lot of children as well um there was a time uh, when i was working as a teacher and i would see this in kids to where they were saying things about themselves, you know, uh, imposter syndrome. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with the term at that time, Yeah. but I still addressed it because you would have, I would have a kid who would, would uh, just say some of the most terrible things about themselves. Oh, I'm not smart enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Or why did you pick me uh, for this project, John? I'm not smart enough. There's other students who are smarter, you know, things like that. And I would say to them, 
how would you feel if your fellow students were spreading rumors that you were dumb? If they were saying, oh, uh, Billy is so stupid or Nancy, what a dummy. You know, how would you feel if those rumors were going around? And every one of them would answer, oh, I'd, I'd be upset. That's a terrible thing. I said, well, then why are you putting that out there? You're saying that. About your own self. About yourself. Yeah. About yourself. Imposter syndrome. I, did, I never made the connection at that time, but it's, it's, it's yeah, it, it, it's a thing. And I, and I believe that it gets in the way of a lot of happiness for people. I think so, too. And I think a lot of people are... Um they're very much deserving and worthy of so much more than they give themselves credit yeah, for. Yeah. I, I think even the most aware among us, you know, people like you and I who, who, who meditate people like you and I, who, you know, use terms like imposter syndrome, you know, people yeah. who are in that mindset, we still can have moments where we're too harsh on ourselves, where we become practitioners of imposter syndrome. Yeah, we become we become less of a friend to ourselves and more of an enemy. Yeah, we be, yep. we do little things that that are self limiting. So, wouldn't it then be a wise thing to you know jump into courses like what you're offering? You know, become constant practitioners of meditation because then we empower ourselves to recognize these moments of of less than positivity towards ourself. Absolutely. Um, I just feel like only good can come of it. If you, yeah, it all, yeah. it all starts, it all starts and stops with you. Um, and funny, I actually just remembered sort of a, this is a kind of a good story to tell about this yeah. imposter syndrome and that sort of finding that self, I don't want to say self-love. It sounds a little bit cheesy, but let's go with self-love. Oh, self-love is a, what thing. Else That's a thing. It's a legitimate. It's yeah. cheesy, but we, we yeah. like a little cheese every now and then. We're good with it, yeah. yeah. Um, so a little while ago, I was um, I posted something in a Facebook group, a very large musician's Facebook group. Um, I can't, honestly can't remember even what it was, but let's let's just put it this way: a really mean lady wrote these terrible things. She was saying comments under it like, "Who is this woman to be?" Oh to be giving advice. She doesn't have a number one hit record, da, 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 yeah. da, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm human. So of course my first honest to goodness, my first thought was like, Oh my God, she's right. Oh. Like I started thinking who, Oh my God, who am I? Yeah. So all these other people were so positive and, and thank you for offering this bit of help that you've posted. And she was like, who is this girl? And, um, it, it did sting for a little bit and I sat with it and I was like, how am I going to, I really honestly wanted to message back, like not something mean, but just sort of challenging her. Yeah. Yeah. Step you know, in front and of all it, the, yeah. yeah. And like, well, you know what, anyway, just kind of challenge her on it. But I made myself not do it. That was very hard. Yeah. And I took some time and you know, it sat with me for mm, a day or so. And then I, I let it go. And honestly, I'm just saying all this because of all of these mindfulness techniques, you know, I, I flipped it around and I, yeah, I used yeah. affirmations and I sort of talked myself through it. And normally that would probably for sure get someone down in the dumps for a really long time. And sure. honestly, might even just, they might just stop everything. Sure, absolutely. It's really hurtful. I realize it's not me. It's this lady, this lady, I, I realize I love to think at her 
other posts in this group and stuff. She's so negative and so mean and probably just some hurting person. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. So just let it go. But, um, but yeah, that that's easy to slip into that, uh, back to that well, imposter. What, was, but, was there a time where that type of comment affected you in a different way? You know, you were down in the dumps for days, weeks at a time. Yeah, I am a very, very sensitive person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've just, I feel things, I feel like on a bit of a deeper level, I don't know, I'm sure, than not the average Joe. There's a lot of sensitive people out there, but sure. yeah, and maybe not weeks, but actually, you know what? Yeah, in the long run, it would probably stick with me a lot longer. Mm. Like I would, it, it would, because this is the problem. Things get stuck in your subconscious. Sure they do. And you don't even realize you're thinking them. There can be a delayed effect with that negative experience online where you think you're done. You know, you're kind of proud of yourself. Hey, I'm not going to fall into imposter syndrome and you're done with it. I put it in air quotes, done with it almost right away. But then, and I'm speaking of myself now, but then maybe a couple of weeks or even a month or two later, all of a sudden something clicks and I'm thinking about that exchange that online exchange or that face-to-face exchange that I had that, that, that I thought I was done with, but apparently I'm not. So we're only human, you know, meditation, uh, 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 mindfulness, knowing oneself does not mean that you're immune to these things, but it's all about having the, the training. Can I say it's like tools in your tool? Yeah. Yeah. To pull them out and go through these ups and downs. Yeah. To pull out those tools when you need them and that will get you through that will keep you from wallowing in the negativity. Of course, we're all going to be touched and affected by negativity, but the question is, is to what degree and for how long? Exactly. Exactly. Because you're right. I would have, I I have a hard time generally getting over, like I would have been very distracted all day from that sort of comment and for the next few days. And I would almost like put other things aside because it's like, oh my gosh, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And it was such a faster, smoother transition. And, And that's just it. We will go all through these crazy things, no matter who you are in your life, what you're going through, you're going to have these hard times. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to need these tools. And instead of waiting, um, again, like going through this hard time, you're not going to go quickly Google. What do I do? Um, Because you're stuck in the dumps already. So this is the thing. If you want to be proactive and get ahead of it. Well, it's a, life is a journey. Um, It's not one event. It's a series of events. And each event is an opportunity to learn. Uh, each event is an opportunity to fail because failure is not, uh, you know, let me ask you, can, can you actually become a good songwriter by writing bad songs? Yeah, that's how you do it. I'm sure. Right. Right. My song, yeah. Like you got to do it because to do anything, um, well, you got to do it a lot. Yes. You just got to do it over and over. You got to start somewhere and you got to write and then edit and write and edit, you know, and keep writing. What is your process? You talk about writing and editing. Um, I write probably, I probably write differently than you do. Um, how normal is it for you to edit songs and how much editing can there be, uh, on the average for you, for any given Um, song? I, yeah, I definitely will edit. I think, I think the more you do it and the more you learn, it's not like you do less editing. I think you just get that better um, internal knowing of what sits better and what doesn't. Um, and what's my, pro- I, I'll go with, some, I, I'll keep working at something until it feels 
it feels really, really good. And there was a time for a long time when I wasn't doing, I would just settle. Uh, like that sounds good enough. Yeah, and now yeah. I will push until I've no, it sort of like locks in. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it feels really good. Um, but you probably have a different procedure when you're writing with someone else with a deadline. I'm, I'm yeah. going to assume that what you're saying now is your process when you're writing for yourself, right? It's probably yeah. going to be something different if you're sitting in a room with another writer and there's a deadline. Yeah. And when you're writing with somebody else and then you're, you know, they've got their opinions and thoughts too, right? So you might want to change a line and they don't Yeah. Uh, and whatever. Right. So you, you do have to, that's a different way of rolling with the punches and, and what, which ones are you going to really fight for and what's not really worth fighting for? Cause they have a different perspective and maybe it is. I'm, I'm in, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how I would do in writing with another lyricist. All of the writing I do is either for my own project or I'm writing for others, but they've supplied the music and they want me to work on the lyrics. So I'm alone in that lyric writing process, no matter what. I've never mm-hmm. actually sat down with another lyricist to write a song. To and see I, just, if, it, if it works or if it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm curious because that's a, that would be a new challenge for me. That would be a humongous challenge to me. I don't know uh, how I would, um, I have no idea how I would have to adjust things to write with another lyricist. I just don't know what that would be. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just don't know. I'm not familiar with it. And it fascinates me. I, I have yet to have had the opportunity to do that, but that's something I'm looking forward to actually. That would be, be interesting for you to try. It'll be a growth for just, me as a, as a writer. Just you tried it. Yeah. That would be, I, but the first thing that came to mind would be, you'll just have to leave ego to the side. Cause that's the hard part, right? When you're, you think not you in general, like I think I'm right. Or I think this is the right thing. Yeah. And then somebody else says, song win. it's not who did the line or what, yeah. you know, it's just like, you want to have the best song. Are you um, primarily focused on your own music at the time, at this time, or do you have pro- projects going with other writers? Um, I do have projects, a couple of projects going with other writers, but yeah, I'm mostly focused on my own music. Um, just writing towards getting, doing some more singles. And I enjoy it. And honestly, you know what? Even doing all this music and mindfulness is is also pretty time consuming. So that's that seems to be my main focus right now. But, yeah. yeah, but you're just enjoying it. You're not burnt out. You've got so many things going. You do. Do you ever feel burnt out? Do you ever need to take a break? Oh yeah, that's that's good that you say that. I'm totally enjoying it, but I always allow myself to take a break uh, for better or worse. I do find, you know, if you get too much, you, you could start to feel yourself burn out is a good way of doing it. Yeah. saying it. You have to take those breaks, like, you know, go out for some fresh air or if you mean like an actual longer period of time break. Yeah. You have to be aware of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I look at it, I look at it in the context of, of an athlete, you know, when, um, you know, the, the athletes that never take a physical break from their training, whatever kind of training it is, they get injured, they get burnt out and that manifests itself with injuries. So burning out as a writer or as a musician will manifest itself as a stoppage in the practicing of your art or at least, yes. a, or at least a warping of your productivity, which then will, it, it'll, it'll be a snowball effect. I know what you're saying now. Yes. Yeah. Because there was a time when I was writing so much that, yeah, you kind of show up and you're, you, it's like, there's nothing left. Cause you're not really, you're not really taking the time to recharge because sometimes those ideas 
are, um, they're coming together when you're not writing and when you're right. not yes. thinking about it. Okay. So that's, all, that's all part of the process. I've learned to give myself some slack in that sense that, yeah, you don't, I mean, unless you want to and you have, um, you have that, um, inspiration to go at it every day and all that, that's yeah. great. Go with that, sure. go with that flow. Sure. But it's also okay to step away and, isn't that a fine line though, right? Momentum. Well, yeah, you know, you, you want to listen to the, to the muse when it shows up, you want to, you yeah. want to do something with that inspiration. Um, but for me, for my, my writing is so personal and I, and it's so emotional and that leads to a physical and mental drain to a certain mm-hmm. degree to where, um, you know, if I have this marathon, marathon writing session that can go over a period of days where song after song is coming and it's getting written down and I'm satisfied with it and then it's actually getting used. And I find that in general, there will come a point to where I'm like, I have to stop. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that the ideas are are not there. You know, the well isn't necessarily drying up. No. But the winch that's pulling up the bucket out of that well is getting a little rusty and it needs some lube. <laughs> and totally. Yeah. So something, and I can't put words on it, something just tells me I need to stop and breathe for a while. And I'm just breathing. Want, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Stop and, and breathe for a while. And that can be, uh, you know, taken, you know, just maybe 10 or 15 minutes to stop thinking about music and just meditate on nothing. That can also be a period of a day or two. That can also be a period of a week where I just need to step away. But I used to fight against that to where I would be feeling like, you know, you've got to write. This artist or this band needs their lyrics. You've got to write it and you've got to write it now. And I'm so glad that I've gotten over that because now the writing process is entirely peaceful for me. Whereas before there could be moments of stress. Yeah. To where I felt oh like I had to, yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it can be, and you know, our culture is so go, go, go and produce and, you know, yeah. make things happen and, yeah. and burn yourself out. That's, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not living the dream until you're totally burned out yeah. kind of thing yeah. where you're at the top of the game. Um, but it's, I'll tell you, it's definitely more peaceful and smoother when you can take a minute to breathe and literally, like you say, physically breathing, even taking that time to do that makes a huge difference. I just finished telling my daughter this week, she's eight. And when she gets her mindset on something, it's like, she just goes and goes with it. And she was practicing basketball, I think, but it was at the end of the day and I knew she was tired and I knew she'd already kind of like given it all her all and she wanted to keep playing. And I said, yeah. I said, you know what? Sometimes I, I'm still excited about my project. I still want to go and do it, but I know my body is saying it's time to take a breather because once I come back to it refreshed, I'll be able to do it twice as you'll lose your focus right yes shooting those basketballs you're not going to get them in the net because you're tired and you need that you just need a little bit of maybe you need something to eat or you need a little break same goes with anything well it's a balancing act and it uh and and it boils down to knowing yourself um Uh, yes right yeah you know back back to mindfulness yeah because some people can push through and that's someone explained to me once we all have a 
like a plate, for example, like you know, people say, my plate is too full. <laughs> Some people have a really large plate and they can fill it and that's good. And they're comfortable with that. That's how they work. Like that's, yeah, they're good to go. Yeah. When you learn how big your plate is and how full you can fill it, it's really empowering because it's okay to say, Ooh, my plate is too full. I don't think I can do that. I'm just not that kind of person. Not everybody is the same. Not everybody can push themselves through that much. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Some people can. Well, knowing it's, yourself. It's, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's a fascinating line of work that you're into and you, you must, you must feel blessed. You must know that what you're doing is important work, not just for yourself, not for any type of, well, of course there's financial gain. You know, we have to make a living, but, but you, you, you must know that you are literally helping people to change their lives, whether it's that musician who has yet to have written that hit song that may be able to finance their true entry into the music business. Um, you know, there's a lot of musicians who haven't been able to get into the music business and your work that you're doing may help someone to do just that. Someone who otherwise may not have been heard. Yeah. If that just happens to one person who then writes that song that could possibly be heard by millions, there's a lot of lives that are, if not changed, they're at least affected by the work that you're doing. I think that's fascinating. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever feel the weight of that? Or is it a weight? No, is it rather, a, blue, is it rather a, a cloud of helium that's lifting you up? I don't know. I think it's lifting me up. And I yeah. never really thought of it like that, how you say it. The odd time I'll think about it like that. But yeah. um, but you're right. I mean, it's funny because I came of it as a perspective of it's helped me. I believe in this stuff. Surely it'll help other people. Yeah. But you're right. When you think of that trickle effect, that is really powerful. I just know when you align with the thing that you're supposed to be doing and it feels right, yeah. it, everything kind of the path sort of opens up for you. And I am feeling the path open up. So uh, it's beautiful. I love it. It is. Yeah. I, I'm so grateful that I can even do it and, and bring it to, um, you know, bring it to other people. Well, it is fascinating. You know, very often we just kind of do our thing. We write our songs, um, we perform them. But every once in a while, I think it does a musician well to stop, lean back, and think. What is the meaning of all this? Not only how is it affecting yourself, but how is it affecting others? And I think we're allowed to feel good about that. I don't think there's any arrogance in that. I think on the other hand, I think it's quite humbling if musicians stop and think of how many people they're potentially, and I say potentially because you never know, but potentially yeah. affecting. It's quite humbling. And I think it will yeah. then give us a different view or a, a, a different angle of attack when we go into our craft and start writing songs. It's fascinating. Because it's all about connection, right? Yeah. You know, even as a, as a young girl, I always knew and always told myself inside that, you know, even if I have positively affect one person doing this song or whatever, then that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So when you kind of think of it that way, cause that's what we're all looking for. We really yeah. are all just looking for connection to each other to ourselves, you know, to know that it's like whenever you meet someone that, Hey, I'm like that too. All of a sudden there's that connection and it's yeah. like, we all help each other. Well, know, what about affirmation? Like, affirmation, affirmations, you make yeah, the connection, but then you need, uh, you know, how, how important or how necessary is it that people, you know, how, how much positive feedback do you have to get or are you secure in what you're doing? 
How are you asking me personally? Yeah. How, how dependent are you on, on, on yeah. feedback? Cause you're very, you come across as extremely confident in what you're doing and you should be, but underneath that, how much insecurity is there? Because the need for, for that positive feedback, can that be directly tied to insecurity? And if so, how much of that do you have? I'm yeah, asking, I'm asking a tough questions today. This, I was going to say, this is a good question. I do have confidence, but I definitely am relying on feedback because um, if it's all falling on deaf ears, yeah, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I, I am looking for, you know, just the, just someone to say this really worked for me or this is really yeah. helping me. I do. And as I get older, I realize that I am looking for that yeah. uh, sort of that, it's bouncing off and it's coming back. Okay. Yes, that's working. Otherwise maybe I'm, maybe my, maybe I'm, uh, putting my message out wrong. Right. Like right, it's right, just yeah. making you self reflect. Yeah. So I am, I am looking for some of that affirmation outside affirmation. And I, I also have to keep the, in, so the confidence comes from the inside affirmation I have yeah. that I have to make myself do. Yeah. And then the rest is, yeah, for sure. Looking for that outside. Well, again, I, I, uh, I'll do my part in giving you some affirmation. I think what you're doing is fantastic. I, uh, just, just the thought of how many people can be affected by, by this, uh, is, is, uh, it, it warms my very soul. I love what you're doing and you will have my eternal support in what you're doing. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast and on my radio show. Before we wrap it up, I want to ask you two things. And I don't remember if I did this the last time you were on my podcast, but I'm going to do it now. I'm going to say three words, and then I want you to finish the sentence for me with no thought. Okay. Just finish the sentence. Okay. One sentence. Okay. Okay. Lisa McEwen is. I was just going to say a singer songwriter. Period. Or That's is the first there, thing that came or, to my mind. Well, okay. Period. But is it period or is there a comma and then a little bit more? Singer, songwriter, mother. Um, oh, I almost just said conduit. Ah. It just came to me. Conduit. If it came to you, then you should say it. Yeah. Conduit of good energy. Because I'm so, it's so precious to me, good energy. So. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Lisa McEwen is a singer, songwriter, mother, and conduit. I love it. Yeah. I like that. These are good. I like it. This is not coming from my thinking. This is sort of just. Well, that's just me. coming from the heart, coming don't, from the soul. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> don't judge these crazy words that are coming from me. They're just coming from now, the heart. Now, the second thing I like to do, uh, like you to do for me before we wind this up. Um, I know how motivating you are. I know how inspiring you are. That's why I have you on my show. Thank you. Um, can you show people now that I'm not wrong by saying something? What do you think people need to hear? I've got listeners and I've got viewers on YouTube. What do you think, you know, is, is there something you can say to lift people up and help them down this road that we call life? What can you mm -hmm. say to them? I think I'm going to say that the first thing that came to me was that you can do it. And when you get to a place of believing that you can do it, that's where it all starts. And I, another thought that came to me, an image came to me is that we are really all these little ch scared children inside. It's like we maybe physically grow up, but inside we're still those young kids that have these huge hopes and dreams and, 
as we get older, maybe we realize, man, I didn't do the things I said I was going to do is to just speak gently to yourself and take the time to, to get into that believing place that you really can do it. Whatever that is, it might be small or might be huge. Like, I feel like people could be listening right now who are just having a really terrible day. And maybe when I say you can do it, all that means is you can put, make dinner tonight. Like maybe that's a big stretch for you because you're so down in the dumps. Yeah. Whatever it is, I just want them to know the cool thing is when you believe you can do it and then you do do it, you start realizing that's, that's just the beginning. Roll. People need to roll around in that feeling for a while. Really feel it. What does it feel like to have achieved this thing that you thought was almost impossible to do? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, I wonder what I wonder what would happen for you if you were to ever make. I'm just going to put this out there. If you were to ever make the decision to become a motivational speaker, and go out there on a circuit and talk like this. To people you are who, not the yeah. first person to say this. I have someone else who bug, bugs me yeah, yeah. all the time yeah. that this is what I should be doing. So it's interesting you say that. Well, that's two of us now that have said that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All this I stuff. would love that. I, I love it. I love connecting with people. I love encouraging people. I love getting encouragement from other people. Yeah. You know, so, the best, you know, the best place and the, probably the easiest place to get started if you want to be a speaker is in the school system. Yeah. With kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Teen, teenage, you know, like, like high school. Yeah. Um, Which I'm no stranger of because uh, I go to my kids' schools and I've written their school song and I go in. Oh, did you? Yeah. But not in, I know what you're saying, not in the sense of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, motivation. just an idea I threw out there. All of a sudden you'll be, uh, I'll see a billboard somewhere here in Norway and uh, Lisa McKinnon yeah. is coming to Oslo to at the Oslo Forum and you'll have a concert and a motivational speech afterwards. How's that? Oh, that be? How's that for a booking? <laughs> there you go. Look, I'm going to set my sights on that next. Just add that to my old to-do list. Hey, speak it into existence. <laughs> you got it. I love that. Listen, Lisa, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm glad we actually got it done. All of these technical problems that yeah. we had when we actually were trying to, to do this episode, but we got it done and I'm so glad. Um, I predict that for me, because now it's uh, six o'clock in the evening here in Norway, I predict that for me, it's going to be very hard to sleep tonight because you've given me so much to think about. So I'm just going to embrace that. I'm going to be up late tonight thinking about some, thinking about some of the things that we've talked about and how I can apply it to my life. And I hope that my viewers and listeners do the same. John, thank you for having me. You are a bright light and I'm just thankful that we've connected. So am I, Lisa. I, 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 I call you friend. I call you sister. Um, uh, I'm glad you're in my life. I'm glad you're on my program. Thank Thanks. you so much. Likewise. Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Lisa McEwen, everybody.